This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now is the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations, from creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you'd like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofitinvesting. Securities offered through Infinex Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Hey friends, welcome to today's episode. You know, when it comes to leading your nonprofit, I think each one of you want to build a culture of trust. Would you agree? I think for most leaders, that's a goal that should be aimed for. The question is, how do you develop a culture of trust? And one of the best ways is through listening. Maybe surprised to hear that, but I, I really believe it is. Then the next question is, how does listening create that culture of trust? Well, my guest today will share about not only the critical attribute of listening, but specifically listening as an ally. She explains what she means by that, in fact. She will also talk about how listening really emerges out of our emotional intelligence. And if you think you can improve your emotional intelligence, she'll share about how you can do that too. My guest today is Rachel Grail. She's part of Interaction Associates, and she's going to talk all about building a culture of trust, how nonprofits can benefit from listening as an ally. Thanks for listening. Now to the show. Well, Rachel, it's great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. I really love your work. Well, thank you. No, thanks for joining us. And this podcast, as you know, is dedicated to helping leaders lead better. And listening is no doubt a critical aspect of high-performing 
teams. And our focus is going to be that today is really on the power of listening and how you and I as leaders and the listeners that listen to my podcast can improve as a leader by improving their listening skills. And I'm really glad we're talking about this. I think this is one of those underappreciated values and skills that we need to have as leaders. And you specifically, Rachel, highlight the importance of benefits of listening as an ally. So maybe we can start out with that. Let's address why is listening so important as a leader? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that we're starting here. And I love how you set it up because I think it is kind of underappreciated or maybe we take it as, as a given or it's obvious. You know, it's widely recognized that this, this is important. A lot of people think that they, you know, I do this all the time. I know the benefit of this. There's obviously a ton of data that supports this. And leaders specifically are in a unique position where they're, they're tasked with the responsibility of the success of the organization, but they're often not the ones on the ground executing everything day to day. So they need to be able to listen to their teams so that their teams can know that the leaders are understanding what's going on. Teams need to trust that their leaders understand what they're going through when the leaders are making key decisions. So we've, we've got all this data. You know, I, I have this one study that talked about employees who believe that their leaders listen to them are nearly five times more likely to perform their best work. Wow, that's, that's a significant really stat. Five times yeah, more. Wow. Five times more likely. So I think it's a really compelling data point. But also, listening and being listened to is a fundamental experience, right? So we've all had these personal experiences where maybe someone that mattered to us wasn't really hearing us. And that can be frustrating and demoralizing. But hopefully most of your listeners have had the experience where they did feel heard. And maybe even if the person didn't have a solution right away, they were able to stay in collaboration. And so they they understand personally the importance of this. But I think it is kind of lost on people because I think in my work, I also, in addition to delivering trainings, I also work one-on-one with executives in executive coaching. And so I can tell you that when we start our engagements, leaders are often not coming to me and saying, hey, I want to learn how to listen better. They come to me and they say, I want to get better at executive presence or strategy or influence. And so there's this idea that like, I, I kind of know how to listen. But then when we kind of reverse engineer places where they weren't as successful in all of those skills around strategy or executive presence, what we realize is that if listening had been improved, they probably would have been more successful. That makes sense. Well, and as a leader, listening can be difficult. And so as I kind of shout out to my podcast listeners, here's the bad news. Effective listening is hard, right? That's the bad news. The good news is if you struggle with it, you're not alone. So as you're just sharing, you're, you're an executive coach and you help people. And it is interesting that probably the presenting issue is not, hey, I need to be a better listener, as you said. It's something else, but it comes down often to the root of, actually, if you listen better, you probably will lead better. So when it comes to nonprofits specifically, it can be even more complicated because we're working with various participants, right? Stakeholders, employees, volunteers, donors, boards, the community as a whole, and with this diversity of people that often most nonprofits work with, and they really are seeking to listen to, the expectations of the people that we're trying to communicate with can vary really widely. So Rachel, how can my listeners who are most often, most of my listeners are nonprofit leaders in some kind of role or board members, how can they really improve their listening as an ally, especially understanding their context? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. Listening can be difficult and you're not alone if it's hard for you. And as I mentioned, we do overestimate our abilities when it comes to listening. So before I get to how to improve, and I will get there, I think it's important to first understand some of the reasons why it's such a challenge, especially when you're dealing with multiple stakeholders who come from different backgrounds and you know you may have a lot of previous experiences with them. So part of this challenge comes from the way that our minds work. We have these incredible meaning-making machines that we walk around with that allow us to take in only the data that we need to move efficiently throughout the world. There's so much information coming at us that it's really helpful to filter some of it out, as I'm sure you know. But the trouble is that that can get a little carried away. So I'm sure many of your listeners are probably familiar with the ladder of inference, but I'll give a little bit of a brief synopsis about it. I think it's This was developed by an organizational psychologist. And so if you imagine a ladder, at the bottom of the ladder, there's this pool of data that you can observe. We can think of this as like reality. And as you go up the ladder, you select certain data, you make meaning out of it. That leads you to assumptions and conclusions and finally to the actions that we take. So when we've had experiences with people, maybe you had a board member that was critical or a a leader that didn't return your emails or a volunteer pool that was flaky, whatever experiences you've had, sometimes we don't always go back to the bottom of that ladder and get new information. Rather, we kind of select the information that already aligns with our assumptions and previous conclusions. And so we're not really working with a full deck, so to speak. So... This gets to how we improve. One of the first and most critical steps that you can do to just improve your listening is watching out for this tendency, noticing where you might be having a reactionary assumption coming up, and then consciously and intentionally go back down to the bottom of that ladder and try to be curious enough to get fresh information in in every conversation that you're having, no matter what previous experiences you've been having. This can also be especially tricky when, as a leader, you have both a responsibility for the success of and a a meaningful connection to the work that you do, as I'm sure is true for a lot of your listeners. And so I think that if you're in the nonprofit space, you're really engaged in purpose-driven work, you have to be especially aware when you're feeling a reaction because the work that you're doing really matters. And... You want to remember that, hey, I can make a conscious choice to make understanding this person my first priority right now. Doesn't mean that I have to let go of my position or agree with what they're saying, but I want to set aside that, we call that bracketing, just set it to the side for a moment and try to really, really hear them, really understand where they're coming from. So that's the first step to getting better at it. Being in the nonprofit space, one of the biggest questions I get is about grant funding. Nonprofit leaders know that grants can be a very important part of their overall revenue, but knowing how to write grants well and where to find them can leave many of us overwhelmed. It's a good thing my friend Holly Rustic at Grant Writing and Funding creates ways to make grant writing simple and achievable. Well, here's the good news. She is offering you, my listener, a free grant writing class. And of course, she also has her own podcast, Grant Writing and Funding. So I encourage you to visit grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob for the free grant writing class and find out more about Grant Writing and Funding podcast. Once again, that's grantwritingandfunding.com slash Rob.
I like that bracketing. That's a great way to put, look at that. Well, and you specifically use this phrase, listening as an ally, which I like that phrase, but listening as an ally really is a communication practice, right? It's a well-established framework that you're getting into that provides a practical pathway, really, to help leaders navigate difficult situations as well as align with others. And I think that's what you're getting at. So talk a little bit more about that. Like what else besides bracketing and now really leaning in, what does it mean to listen as an ally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we use this language listening as an ally because it stands in contrast to some of the other ways that we tend to listen, which can be as a judge or or a skeptic or an adversary. And when we're coming from the perspective of being rooted in our own position or protecting ourselves defensively, we're more likely to try to poke holes in what someone's saying or find flaws in their approach, you know, or or listen to respond or listen to influence rather than to understand. So when we're listening as an ally, we're positioning ourselves on the same team as someone. We've decided that the most important thing is to fully understand the person that we're talking with. So that means getting below the surface of really what they're saying and trying to understand the underlying interests. So to do that, there are some really simple skills that you can use. The first is that bracketing that I talked about. And then you can use things like mirroring, where you say the exact words of the person back to them, and that helps them to feel heard. Or paraphrasing, where you say what you think you understood from what they said, and and that helps that person to feel understood. From there, open-ended questions are really a a very powerful tool. Because when you're using open-ended questions, rather than trying to lead them down your own agenda, you're allowing yourself to be surprised about what they might say. There's one definition of ally that I really like that says it is to unite with or form a connection or relation between. I like that. Repeat that one more time. Yeah, I like that. To unite with or form a connection or relation between. So that's really the most important thing. It's like, hey, we're trying to figure this out together. I want to understand you and I can use these different tools to demonstrate to you that understanding you is my priority. Regardless of our past experiences, regardless of what's really important to me, let's work this out together so I can really hear and understand you. Well said. No, I like that definition and and the explanation there. Talk about some more examples of how this skill of listening as an ally plays out in everyday scenarios in one's organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I think that the Times when it is most challenging to listen well is when everybody's stretched, a leader's trying to make sure that the metrics of success are met, the team is struggling to keep up and they're unable to do that. And so that's where listening often breaks down. And I have one kind of concrete example of this that I think demonstrates it well. This was a, a story of a friend of mine who was working with a food pantry. And at first, the leader was not listening well and then started to to use these skills. So there was a great transformation. And what happened was, as as you know, on shorelines were getting really long, demand was really soaring. And so that was happening there. They had very, very long lines. And the leader managing the volunteers, their underlying position was like, my main goal is getting people service through the door, get them what they need. And we want to serve as many people as efficiently as possible. And that was hard to do with the volunteers that they had. So the, the leader was like, hey, come on, what's happening? Keep it moving, keep it moving. And what ended up happening is there started being attrition of volunteers. People just stopped showing up. And so the leader was like, wow, I, I need to understand what's going on here. 
So they, they used some listening as an allies tools. They went back to the bottom of that ladder and tried to discover what's going on. And what they learned when, when they got curious was that the volunteers that were coming did so not only because they believed it's a basic human right that people should be fed, but because when they were coming through the line, people wanted to share their stories. They wanted to share what, what, what got them there. And a lot of the volunteers had been there before and they wanted to share their stories and, and words of encouragement. You know, it can get better and you deserve to have what you need. And so there was this really beautiful thing happening below the surface that the leader wasn't aware of. And so when they started listening, they understood that and they were able to adjust their strategy to serve both the needs of the volunteers and of the, the people that they were serving. So that's one example. I think another kind of more general example that that a lot of leaders face is just dealing with lots of different personalities. How do I help these teams work together with all of these different kinds of people? And being in the learning and development space, you know, there's so many different frameworks and personality profiles and what's your Enneagram and your Myers-Briggs and DISC, all of that stuff. And those tools can be useful. They can, they can help you guide your team and help people understand each other. But I think especially when you're in the nonprofit space and your teams are maybe more fluid than that, you've got people coming and going a lot. It can, it can be really resource heavy. It can be hard. Not everybody knows what it means if you're a three on the Enneagram and, and how do you support that? But if you can teach listening skills, this is kind of an evergreen, simple strategy that allows people to work better together even if they come from different modes or personalities. So it's it's just a really agile tool that I recommend being like an everyone's toolkit. No, I like it. Both great examples for both of those. Learning to listen as an ally really emerges out of emotional intelligence. I think you point that out in some of your research. Now, some people call that a relational intelligence, but technically I think emotional intelligence is the, the, the official word. Talk about that. I feel like that is one of those really important skills for a leader. And the fact that more I've been in leadership over the last several years, I feel like emotional intelligence perhaps is the most important. If you don't have emotional intelligence as you grow your organization, as you lead more people, it gets increasingly difficult to navigate, as you said, the different personalities, the different challenges. So talk a bit more about that. What's the connection between emotional intelligence and leadership and then listening that emerges out of that emotional intelligence? Yeah, I, I love that. And I think you're absolutely right. It is one of the most important things. Of course, there's data that supports that too. There's this Harvard Business Review study that showed Q accounts. You might be familiar with that. that EQ accounts for nearly 90% of what sets high-performing leaders apart from their peers. There you go, 90%. I don't know if that came out of Daniel Goleman's. He had a, a good book on that, you know, but that's amazing. That's a huge percentage. It, it's a huge percentage. So we've got these soft skills, but data that show how remarkable it is. And I think too, on a more personal level, like if you're a leader, everything that you have to do relies on other people. So, you know, you've got to be good at vision and strategy and able to influence and communicate, but your relationship to others is what's going to get all that done. So EQ has these two components. You, you've got the intrapersonal, do I understand myself and how I'm feeling? And then can I make choices about my actions that are intentional and not compulsive? And then we have the interpersonal component. Do I understand you? And can I act in such a way that has a positive impact on how you're feeling and the actions that you take? 
So leadership, it's, it's powerful, but it's also really vulnerable because as leaders, we, we rely on our teams. We're not able to be effective without them. And so emotional intelligence allows us to be tuned into what's going on with our teams and have that intentional positive influence. And the listening skills is kind of, I love the book by Daniel Pullman. I think it's, it really highlights it very, very well. But where it gets a little tricky is like, okay, so how do you do this? You know, how do you tune into your teams? We know we need to, but how do we? And, and listening, again, it's like that sort of overlooked, but it's, it's the sort of water that we have to swim in if we want to be able to have both that intra and interpersonal understanding. We'll be right back. Do you want a clear step-by-step system to write grants so that your nonprofit secures funding in a stress-free manner? Well, check out the free grant writing class, How to Write Winning Grants in Seven Proven Steps. You will walk away with seven nuggets of grant writing clarity and a free action workbook so you can start writing higher quality grants today. Just watch this free class now at grantwritingandfunding.com rob. Again, that's grantwritingandfunding.com rob. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinix Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinix and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. No, it's so good. You know, it's interesting. The the nonprofit that I lead, we're going through Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead. And so much of it actually underneath it is the emotional intelligence piece and how to rumble with your team is the term she used, which we're used now as a phrase. And you kind of get into that about the vulnerability that comes with that, the importance of really connecting with your team and improving your EQ, as you mentioned. Okay, so if someone's listening and as a leader, they realize they're not as strong as they'd like to be when it comes to their EQ or emotional intelligence, how can one improve that critical skill? Like, what are some of the practical ways to improve if they're listening to this or like, ah, guilty as charged? Like, that is not one of my strengths. How can I get better, Rachel? Yeah, well, first of all, if, if you're listening and that's your experience, like, good for you. I always say the first step is self-kindness. If you recognize this is something that you want to improve, don't be hard on yourself about it. It takes courage to acknowledge that. So 
give yourself some grace for seeing the gap and try to adopt a growth mindset. Like, oh, this is such a great opportunity for me to grow in this way that is going to have a huge impact on my leadership. Not like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm leaving this organization and I I haven't mastered this yet. And uh, I have this brilliant mentor who once said something so valuable to me. And this little context here is that I'm a recovering fixed mindset person. So she said to me, she was like, you know, Rachel, you're very self-aware, but self-awareness without self-love is tyranny or apathy. Oh, that's good. That really landed for me. So I, I think it's important to really, really underline this fact that it, it, we can't really grow if we're busy being hard on ourselves for not being where we want to be yet. So start with self-acceptance and use that as an entry point to get more curious and more self-aware. So you you want to start to pay attention to your own emotions, your triggers, your reactions. If this doesn't come naturally to you, you may want to just kind of identify a few canaries in the mind, so to speak. So reflect on situations where maybe things went a little bit off the rails and then try to kind of notice what happened just before? Did your face feel hot? Did your heart start to pound? Was there a particular way that someone spoke to you that, that set you off? So keeping track of those triggers, either by writing them down or just reflecting on them at the end of the day or at the end of a challenging meeting can really help people to start noticing the patterns. There are a ton of great resources on this topic, of course. So whatever you know, your learning style is, podcast books, even apps, I recommend. But I do want to say that I think one of the best things for your buck when you're trying to get into EQ is having a mindfulness practice. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be like you sit down for an hour and meditate. But it's just a, an opportunity to sit with yourself and see, how am I feeling right now? And what, what, are my, what am I reacting to? And so if you're just starting out, I, I think Headspace is a great app for that. It can really be, it's, it's nicely scaffolded. So awareness, self-awareness is it's kind of where we start from. And then we want to start to practice this listening as an ally skills, especially, and I cannot stress this enough, in low stakes situations. Okay, explain that. Yeah, talk about that. Well, it's so much easier to really hear where people are coming from when we're not super fired up about the topic. So practice in little ways. Like, can I really listen to what my partner wants for dinner tonight? Can I really listen to, you know, there's there's lots of small ways where you can start practicing mirroring and paraphrasing and checking out your assumptions with people and noticing if you're having a reaction, noticing if you have an assumption, if you're not going down to the bottom of that ladder. And then when you build a habit, of that, it becomes easier in higher stakes situations. And the third thing I would really recommend is seeking feedback from people. So you can reach out to mentors or people that you trust and ask them, what is your experience of me and my emotional intelligence? And and if they give you some examples of real time events, you might be able to start to see patterns and notice places where you're stronger, places where you're a little bit more challenged, And then you have a little bit more awareness going into those situations. So really just remember that as you're practicing this, this requires resilience. That's why I like to start with that self-kindness piece and the perspective of a growth mindset. 
And remember, this is a skill that can be learned and developed. So give yourself some grace when you stumble. The stumbling is an invaluable part of learning process. Well said. Couldn't agree with you more on those points. Really like that. Well, the end goal at the end of the day of effective listening for nonprofit leaders is really to cultivate a culture of trust in the organization, right? The goal is for leaders, you really want to create that trust environment. Building and cultivating that trust is so critical. So any last thoughts in terms of how leaders can best create that culture of trust? Mm-hmm. Well, I love that you brought up Renee Brown and Dare to Lead because I think she does this really, really well. And she talks a lot of, about first and foremost leading by example, demonstrating vulnerability and and showing the willingness. Like, hey, I'm I'm trying to learn how to listen as an ally here. I really want to understand where you're coming from. Make that make the invisible visible in the way that you're sharing that and talking about that. That demonstrates to people through that transparency that you value where they're coming from. So bringing in that vulnerability, that willingness to be transparent is, is really huge. And then I think obviously, you know, I see the power of these listening as an ally tools and how it, it helps people feel included. It demonstrates that everyone's perspectives are valid. It encourages people to share their ideas, their concerns, their opinions without fear of judgment or retribution. And so you get a more courageous trusting environment. So I think that really practicing those tools, practicing vulnerability, transparency is the most important thing. And just know that it it takes time, it takes consistency, it won't be perfect, but those small everyday actions and interactions is where the trust is cultivated. No, well said. Well, this is good. I'm sure my listeners want to find a little bit more about you, some of the research you've done. So how can that happen? How can listeners meet you, connect with you, and or find out a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, thanks for asking. Well, I would love to talk with anybody about this topic. As you can tell, I'm really passionate about it. And I just really believe in the power of people to learn and get better. So people can reach out to me on LinkedIn. They can find me under my name, Rachel Grail, or through Interaction Associates. We've got a ton of great resources on our website, interactionassociates.com, and uh, lots of great colleagues there as well that you can find on our About page. And so there's just a wealth, a wealth of expertise and resources, and we're all really eager to share and support your leaders and the great work that they're doing in the world. So I'd love for anyone to reach out. Well, thank you again. Thanks for taking time to be on the show. And thanks for reminding us the importance of listening and specifically listening as an ally. I think it's so important. Can't be emphasized enough. So thanks for sharing your insights. Yeah, it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Hey friends, well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.